Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 99 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is Lorna Mitchell. Lorna is a developer advocate for Nexmo, which means she works with APIs and enables other developers. Lorna is also author of the books PHP Web Services and PHP Master, as well as being an occasional conference speaker and writer. So Lorna, can you expand on that brief introduction and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Hello. I think you covered it pretty well there. I'm a software engineer. That's my background. I've been a web developer for more years than we're going to talk about right now. But I've always had these word writing tendencies. And so that's why I'm doing the books and being a developer advocate, just helping other developers to understand how to build the best stuff that they can. Cool. Okay. And how long have you been doing this? I've been a developer advocate for about two and a half years, um, currently with Nexmo, but before that was with IBM. So it's been, uh, it's been a good mix. So Lorna, can you maybe share a unique career tip with the IT Career Energizer audience, one they might not know and should? I'm not sure if it's unique because I have definitely heard this advice before, but the thing that's helped me the most is writing it down. When you come to express something in a written form, and I do often write an article style of the content that's going to become a talk. When you write it down, you have to process the information in a different way. When you try and explain it to somebody else, you have to really gain some understanding yourself. So when you write a blog post, you come to better understand the topic. And I think that's fairly common knowledge and it's advice that you'll hear quite often. What people don't tell you is what comes after that. So Once you've written things down, people talk back to you about that topic. So you might get comments on a blog post. People might tweet to you. You get to be known for having an interest in that area. Not necessarily that you should, I've written a blog post and therefore I'm an expert, but you have expressed your interest. People will come back and talk to you about it. And so you learn even more and more as a follow-up to having done the, the first part, which is just writing down a thing that you thought was interesting. And that way you find your own peer group. So you find people who are interested in technology and in the same kind of things as you. And it's so much more than just, you should write things down. The rewards and the echoes of that action have been amazing for me in my career. Yeah. So presumably you learn quite a lot in terms of the comments or responses you get back from what you do post. so much. Um, I have a large number of blog posts where the post isn't actually all that great, but it sort of opened the discussion and two or three people come and add advice in the comments. So always, always, always go and visit the original source of a blog post and check for the comments in that location. So if you're reading it syndicated or you're reading it, um, like I use Pocket, so it gives me like a readability view, always go and visit the original source and read the comments because there's often just incredible additional content there. That's great advice. So Lorna, can you maybe tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? 
I don't talk about it loads, but um, I have been fired once in my career. And it was at a time when like, I wasn't really sure if I still wanted to be a software engineer. I didn't know if I wanted to continue in software because I had found the industry quite hostile and I wasn't really enjoying my working environment at the time. And then uh, <laughs> one day I went to work and they asked me to get my coat and not come back. Um, and that was a really, really, it was just horrifying because I kind of thought it was the end of the road. Obviously, I needed to pay my bills. <laughs> so <laughs> that kind of focuses the mind. And I didn't really have any other skills or I thought I didn't at the time. And somebody offered me another job and that went on to be the best possible stepping stone. And now I'm a conference speaker and, a, and an author and I'm really well known for the code that I write and, and the ideas that I share. But it was a horrible, horrible experience. But it's also upsetting to me how close I came to just walking away from this career that now I absolutely love. Do you think that was to do with the company you were working for or just, just how you you felt at the time? Was there any particular reason for that? Yeah, I was definitely not working for a great company and they probably wouldn't think I was a great employee. It just really wasn't a good situation. And I think it's something that can easily happen to people early on in their career. You know, you don't have enough experience to get a higher level job, but the lower level companies who just don't have big margins and don't have very skilled people aren't doing, you want to do things really, really well in this career that you're building, but you can't get the job that matches that. Um, so I don't think I'm at all unique in having some really difficult early career experiences. Now I can give the advice like, oh, you should hang on in there. It all worked out for me. It did, but more by luck than judgment. Sure. So yes, I mean, yeah, you're far from unique. <laughs> Some of the biggest names that have been on the podcast have gone through very similar experiences, particularly early on in their career. Yeah. Okay. So moving away from your worst IT career moment, can you maybe tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? The best moment has to be the first time I was published by O'Reilly. Because, yeah, I'm the author of an animal book. And, you know, you write a book and your parents are very proud and that's great. And you can, like, show them the book. But being able to take my mum into my office and show her that I have a shelf <laughs> of <laughs> yes. all those books with the bright coloured spines and the beautiful line-drawn animals. Like, when you can put on your final slide of a presentation, like, this is my book. It's got an animal on the front. Like, people really started to listen to me. Like, I, I loved writing the book. I loved the second edition even more. And it was a really, really good experience. But also, I really felt like it was an amazing sense of achievement for me. And people started to listen. So then I could help more people with more things because suddenly I looked more plausible than I had before maybe that's not a good thing, but it was a, a really big achievement. It's difficult to get published by O'Reilly and they're a great organization to work with. So uh, it's something that, you know, it's been out a few years now, but I'm still really, really proud of that book. Yeah, absolutely. Is this something you would do again and write another book? Oh, definitely. I'm not sure how it would fit in with um, a full-time job. So I, when I wrote my books, I was freelance. So I could just take on a bit less paying work when the publication deadlines were coming up and so it was quite flexible to be able to take like a whole day every now and again to just really work on a thing I'm not sure how I would turn that working pattern around to fit on top of my job especially developer advocates who don't really work to the clock it can be a bit full-on so 
And I'm not sure how to make that work, but I'm not sure what my next book is either. So there's no urgency. Right. Okay. So Lorna, what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT? IT is amazing. And it's amazing in two different ways. It's amazing for the person doing the work because there's always something new. We're always innovating. We're always curious about new technologies, about solving existing problems. So it's really, really interesting from that point of view. Like I'm constantly doing something that I've never heard of. (laughs) It's like, never heard of it. Great. Where are the docs? But it's also interesting because you can work in so many different kinds of industries. So I've built, you know, small agency websites. I've built systems that integrate billing systems. I've worked in manufacturing. You know, everybody uses web technology and mobile tech now. So every single industry that you can imagine has room for software people. And so you can see inside so many different industries and it's just it's so interesting you know whether you're working in a place that has a factory attached you could go and see them like on the way to the vending machine they're putting things together or you know I've worked in HR building personnel systems and payroll it's so so varied and I think that suits a lot of software professionals really well we we tend to have well we certainly think we have big brains but we can also be hard to keep entertained and i think that variety is fabulous yeah no i agree i, I i'm one or an advocate for actually making sure you try different industry sectors as well so yeah agreed and we're going to go into the reveal round now we're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think about it you ready for this i think i'm ready so what first attracted you to a career in it <laughs> well it wasn't really a plan At school, I was good at maths, good at physics. So I went off to university to do engineering. Um, My degree is actually in electronic engineering, so I'm not qualified technically to do what I do. Um, I'm qualified to solder things, and I do that for fun sometimes. But, you know, we did a little bit of code within the um, electronics degree, and I just really enjoyed it and was super happy to just, you know, I applied for loads of jobs when I was graduating um, and got offered one. I actually wrote games in my first job. So I, what attracted me to a career in IT? Someone offered me a job doing it, and that seemed like a job seemed like a good thing. So I did that. <laughs> okay. What is the best career advice you've ever received? I was having a real hesitation before I went self-employed. So I was freelance for five or six years in the middle of my career so far. So, And I just wasn't sure. I, I had a job that I was tired of. And I wasn't really sure if I could make it as a freelancer. And, you know, like, how do you, how do you make that decision? How do you decide? And someone that I knew well also in IT said to me, Lorna, what's the worst that could happen? And that's a question that I've applied to every hard decision about jobs ever since. Because, like, if you already have a job that you don't like and you go freelance and it doesn't work out and you have to get a job and you might not like the job, well, then you'll have a job that you won't like. Like, how bad could it be? Yep. That's good advice. Definitely. You can apply that uh, mantra to many things, such as public speaking, for one, which I know a lot of people (laughs) feel is um, possibly my experience worse than death. Yes. So if you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? There's not a lot that I would change. I had a variety of different jobs early on, and I think that's a really good grounding. I mean, at the time, I felt like I had no direction. But actually, 
it's fine. It's good to try a bunch of different things and kind of build up a broad basis. I still think I'm building that broad basis. I still enjoy the variety. But the thing I would definitely change is I'm now very active in open source. You know, I, I'm a committer, a maintainer on a couple of different projects. I've, I've been a sole maintainer on projects in the past. Open source has been incredible, incredible, incredible for gaining skills, not just code skills, but like project skills and learning from other people and collaborating. And I didn't make those first commits to other open source projects until quite late on. Like I had about five years of commercial experience before I did that. So going back, I think just diving in and getting involved in existing projects as a contributor much earlier would be amazing. And I I would have skilled up a bit more quickly if I had. So that's my only regret. What career objectives are you currently focusing on? (laughs) I love this question because I have no clue. Um, Career objectives are a really difficult thing. And I always, always say, you know, if I had ever had a plan, I wouldn't be here. Well, I'm not sure I'd even still be in software if I'd really had a plan. So career objectives are something I find quite difficult to think about. I've been in this role with Nexmo just a few months and I'm doing a lot more writing. I'm working with a big docs platform for the first time. I am loving working with client libraries, which I haven't done that much of before. So it's it's filling in some gaps. But I'm not sure that, you know, career objectives sounds really grand. And I always enjoy just that looks interesting. That looks interesting. And that's how my whole job progress works. There's no big plan. But if that thing over there looks interesting, then I like to go and do that next. Yep. Everybody has a different approach. So yes, if it works for you. So far. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? It has to be writing. I'm better known as a speaker than a writer, I think. But I personally think I'm a better writer. I am now a better writer um, than speaker. And it's something that I use all the time. I use it when I'm offering feedback on a pull request. I use it when I'm trying to ask a question. I've been a remote worker for 10 years. So I can't just ask someone to come and look over my shoulder and understand what I've done wrong. I have to be able to explain the problem, probably over text-based chat, whether it's Slack or something else. So being able to write well and explain my points in a way that another person can digest and they might have a different context to me is incredible. I use it in the workplace. I use it in my open source projects. Obviously, I write like the blog and the books and things. And it's something that I've really worked on. And I found it just, it's not something we think of for engineers, but it's been just to be, always be able to express what I need um, has been a gift. Lorna, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience? My big advice, you know, maybe writing's not for you, maybe public speaking's not for you, but wherever you are and whatever you do, my advice is to participate. If you go along to a user group, then talk to some people, ask a question after the talk. Um, And the same for the conference. Hang on ask a question in a session, chat to people in the hallway, hang on for the after party. If you're taking part in online communities, if you're reading blogs, offer some comments, maybe write your own blog post, share it on Twitter with why you think it's relevant, 
right? Start a discussion. Just be part of the ecosystem that you want to be. Again, you'll find your peers. You'll find people to talk to. And I think it can be difficult to put yourself out there. Like the internet's a big place and it's very easy to feel self-conscious, not just for the women, but for any minorities, anyone who feels like they don't belong in some way. My advice has to be this. If people judge you on who you are, the code will never judge you. You just keep doing what you're doing and sharing what you do. Choose who you amplify um, and the content that you share. And you will find your peer group and the people that you want to work with and talk to. I think you're right. I think getting involved, and particularly, as you say, at things like conferences and just, just hanging around and talking to people afterwards is, is such a valuable thing to be able to do. Absolutely. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Okay, well, uh, you can visit my website, lornajane.net, and I'm Lorna Jane on Twitter as well, so feel free to Twitter at me. As you may have gathered already, I'm always happy to chat, you know, talk about technology, talk about careers. Um, I've always got opinions, uh, <laughs> so um, always happy to stay in touch with people and, uh, yeah, just hear how everyone's getting on. Lorna, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. That's my pleasure. Thanks a lot. As always, my thanks go to my guest on today's show. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e and then the number of today's episode. I also want to thank you for your continued support. It's always great to hear from listeners, particularly when they have suggestions about potential guests or ways to improve the show. And this was one of the reasons for creating the new IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. I'm really excited about taking the podcast forward and I hope that you'll continue to support and listen to the show as it continues to change and evolve. Thanks for listening and remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.